Welcome and thank you for downloading the Trinity Now podcast, recorded live from Trinity Church of Wesley Chapel. For more information about Trinity Church, please visit us online at trinitychurchnow.com. Now, let's join Pastor Dave. Open your Bibles, please, to Acts chapter 15, starting in verse 1, Acts chapter 15. Would you please stand for the reading of God's Word? And certain men came down from Judea and taught the brethren, unless you are circumcised, according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. And therefore, when Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and dispute with them, they determined that Paul and Barnabas and certain others of them should go to Jerusalem to the apostles and elders about this question. So being sent on their way by the church, they passed through Phoenicia and Samaria, describing the conversation or the conversion of the Gentiles. And they caused great joy to all the brethren. And when they had come to Jerusalem, they were received by the church and the apostles and the elders, and they reported all the things that God had done with them. But some of the sect of the Pharisees who believed rose up, saying, It is necessary to be circumcised, or it is necessary to circumcise them and to command them to keep the law of Moses. Would you bow your heads with me, please? Our gracious Father, we thank you so much for this day, this time to, to come together, to worship you, Father, to open your word together and to know, to know that your spirit is here amongst us, opening our hearts, opening our minds, leading us in a direction that only you could lead. Now may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts together be acceptable in your sight. Lord, our strength, our rock, our redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Please, leave your Bibles open. <clears throat> you know, I've told you, you know, quite a few times <clears throat> that I was, I was raised, I was raised in the church. Um, mom and dad, um, were, were wonderful parents. Um, they, a lot of times dragged me to church, um, kicking and screaming sometimes, but, but yet I, I still, I still went to church and they, and they, they brought me, um, every Sunday. And, you know, and as we grew up, um, there were, um, points that, that you would make it in, in the church. There was, there was points, uh, there was, some. Um, there were rights. Oh, I shouldn't say rights. What can I say? I, I couldn't wait to grow up enough to become an usher. I, I, you know, and, and as I, and as I got older, um, and, and really I was probably around the age of about 12, I think, if I'm not mistaken, um, that, that I was actually asked to become an usher. I was, you know, I was so proud. I, I really was. Um, that I had gone to church for years, and and I had watched those guys, and and they and they helped people to their seat, and they and they uh, um, uh, took the offering, and and uh, and then 
the best part of it all is they got to sit in the back of the church in the corners. You see, and that's where they got to sit. And, oh, I wanted, I really wanted to do that. And my brother was, you know, uh, a few years older than me, and he was an usher. And and we finally, I got the chance. And and I and I, boy, I got a chance to take the offering and and. Uh, 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 mom, mom bought me a, a a wool suit. That thing itched so bad, and and I would, you know, you had to wear a suit to be an usher, and and so I'd have to wear long johns. I don't care when it was during the year, so that I could put on that doggone oh, itchy suit. And but I look good. I look good. And one day, and one Sunday, we were sitting in the back of the church, back in the, in the, the famed corner of the church, and, and we were sitting there listening to the sermon, and my brother was, was working late. He, he had a job, he was working late at night. And he went to church on Sunday morning. Well, he sat in that back pew, and, and I'm sitting there watching him as the pastor's preaching, and he's doing the old <laughs> sort of like you. Yeah, <laughs> and 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 then he finally fell asleep, and when he fell asleep, his head went back, and when it went back, yeah, those pews were against the wall. Oh, it was like, oh, it was loud. It was, and and when I saw it happen, me and the usher next to me, we just burst out laughing. It was it was so funny because it didn't even wake him up. Boom, like this, and he was still asleep. And the problem was is that the pastor happened to be talking about how more people ought to get into mission work. And and here we are in the back row laughing and 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 just rolling. And and he said from the pulpit Problem with kids today is that they think it's funny when we start talking about becoming missionaries and doing mission work and, and we're sitting back there going, Oh no, it wasn't that. It really wasn't that. He bawled us out from the pulpit. Um, it kind of caused a little rift there. There was a lot of people in the church that really thought you should not have done that. You shouldn't have hollered at those, at those poor young ushers in the, in the back row. You know, it's it's one of the things that happens in a church. It's one of those things that that when anytime you get a group of people together, whether whether it would be the uh, uh any type of club or anything else or even in a church, we have varying ideas about how things are supposed to be done. And you know, a lot of times one little thing can happen and all of a sudden the church will split. It'll go right down, they can go right down the middle. And and we usually do it and and no, the church didn't split over us uh, where us being hollered at from the pulpit. But it but it was it it caused it caused a, a, a riff. And you know there was uh, we've always heard uh, one time or another we've heard of of reasons why churches split, and and they're such serious they're such serious issues, um, like um, rug colors, um, getting a new rug. Um, or, or maybe we painted a room the, the wrong color, or, or somebody gets their feelings hurt and out the door they go, or, or all different types of, of reasons that, that a church can actually end up with some kind of a problem and, and a church can split. 
You know, um, you know one that I've never heard of? I've never heard of church splitting for doctrinal reasons, for doctrinal differences. Never heard about that. And, and I'll tell you what, I, um, uh, I have some, some friends that go to a, a United Methodist Church in the middle of the state, um, that when a, a pastor was appointed to them, he came there and, and he quickly grew that church of about 300 people. He grew it right up to about 100. And, and he did that. Do you know how he did it? He preached Buddha from the pulpit. That's what he did. He was a deep thinker. He was, he was really good. And, and a lot of people actually left. Did it cause a, a, a rift, um, in the church? Yes. Did it cause a split? No. It took them two years to get him out of there. Because, and, and they just, just couldn't do it. But, but, you see, there's a doctrinal difference, and, and actually the church, the church never actually ended up, um, splitting. But you see, that's what's happening here in Antioch. I'll get back to the scripture that I just read. Um, the, the church in, in Antioch. Somebody, somebody comes in there, some deeply religious walk in behind Paul and the Barnabas and they start preaching a different doctrine. They start pushing something different. And it says certain men came down from Judea. These are Jewish believers. Came down from Judea. And they, and they say, listen, you know what this Paul says and what he's talking about? That's okay. But, but, there's more. Sort of like Paul Harvey. There's, there's more to this, this story. And you can imagine, you can imagine the, the, the problem that this started to cause in a, in a newly developed church as it started to come together because these jokers, they were coming in saying, hey, you know something? What Paul says is good, but you need to be circumcised. And you need to follow the law of Moses. And you need to do all of these different things. And because, you know, if you don't do that, you're not saved. You're not really saved. And that's like someone preaching to you now. It's like me standing up here and saying, you know something? You're saved by grace, but you need to be baptized. And if you're not baptized, you're not saved. That's, that's pretty legalistic. That's very legalistic. And that's not what I preach. Folks, we're saved by grace. We're saved by what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross. And if not for that, then nothing. I can't work my way into heaven. I can't, there's nothing that I can do to work my way to the Father. I can't do it. It's simple. Flip over, at least in my case, to the next page. In, in Acts chapter 16, where Paul and Barnabas, nope, Silas, Paul and Silas, were, were, were prisoners in, in, in uh, Philippi. And, and in the middle of the night, as they're in jail, singing hymns. The Lord sends an earthquake and He opens every door in the place. And the jailer, realizing that, that all of the prisoners had taken off, was going to kill himself. And Paul said, wait, wait, we're all here. Don't, 
don't, don't kill yourself. And he came up, this jailer, this, this Philippian jailer came up before Paul and he got on his knees before him and he says, what must I do to be saved? In, uh, in chapter 16, in verse 30, it says, and he brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And so they said, believe, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and, and you'll be saved. That's it. This is something that, that we not only just need to emphasize, folks, we need to be clear. Not just clear. Crystal. This needs to be crystal. We are saved by God's grace and our faith in Jesus Christ. Grace is God's gift to us. And Jesus Christ was that gift. That gift of salvation. For salvation. You know, and if you feel, and listen folks, I don't care what anybody tells you, but if you feel that you have to do something to earn salvation, if you think you've got to do something, you've got to work, you've got to feed the poor, um, clothe the naked, baptize, circumcised. If you need to do that to be saved, folks, then Jesus Christ went to the cross for nothing. For nothing. And you're just telling Jesus that he wasted his time on that cross because you can work your way into heaven. No, you can't. No, you can't. Flip over to Ephesians. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. I'll read it quick. For by grace, folks, listen to this, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. You can't work your way there. And if you could, I know you. You know me. I know man. Man would boast. Man would say, I did it. Jesus had nothing to do with it. Listen. You look at that scripture and then, and then say to yourself, God can do all things. Yeah, God can, no, God can't do all things. God can't lie. He can't lie. And, and if He can't lie, then there can be no doubt on the scripture that says that you are saved by grace our faith in Jesus Christ. Folks, there's no two ways to go on this. There is no, no alternative. There is no other plan. There is no works that can gain you salvation. You can't. Why do we take something that is so easy, so simple, so simple as salvation, and and make it difficult. Why do we do that? Let me tell you, it's not God that does that. It's man. It takes us back to that to that being too religious. There's got to be something. And if you notice what that scripture said that I was reading from before, it, it was 
in, in, in Acts 15, it was those Pharisees. They were believers. They believed in, in Jesus. But yeah, they just couldn't get themselves away from that, from that law of Moses. They couldn't get away from that, from that legalism. And it was the religion. It was religion. And folks, I've preached to you so many times that we're not talking religion. Man. We're, we're talking, we're talking relationship. You know, let me, let me stop here for a moment. I said something last week. And it has, and it's haunted me. And it wasn't written down. It wasn't written down. I, um, in fact, it's, it's, it's taking precedence here. I, last week I got up and, and the first part of my sermon was, was, I think I got through two lines of my notes and then I went off on, on something and, and, and really, I, I don't ever ask me to repeat it because I don't know what it was. But I do remember one thing that I said. And I said it and I meant it. And, 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 and this is it. If there was anything that I, that I wish for you in, in this coming year, that would be that your relationship with Christ would improve. That, that this, this relationship thing, because folks, this is not, please, 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 this is not about religion. Not at all. It's, it's not at all. And, and this relationship that, that I would wish for you would be that it would, that it would improve. I've, I've heard people talk about this. I've heard people say, you know, I, I feel a, I feel closer to God than what I've felt before. And it does happen. It, it, it really does. But you see, that haunted me. This week, maybe I shouldn't say it that way, haunted? Well, I'll tell you something. The Holy Spirit kept hitting me with it this week. And he says, you need to kind of expand on this a little bit. And so that's, that's kind of what I'm, what I'm going to do. I've decided that, that in this church, we need a, a process. We need something. And we need to do something where we take you right where you're at right now. And we replay, and, and we, and we work on your relationship. You need to, we need to be able to take you and move you through and increase your, your, I don't mean out the door. <laughs> I, what I'm talking about is to have you grow in Christ in it, while you're here at Trinity. And, and do you know, do you know where it starts at? It starts at your relationship. And where does it end at? It, 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 it never ends. It never ends. But it moves us to a point of where we as a congregation do things for people 
where people can see Jesus in us. But how does that happen? Step number one. And I'm only going to take you to this first step. And this is the part that's been hitting me all week long. How do you increase, how do you change this, this, this relationship? How does this relationship turn into something different? Folks, you have heard from the day one that, that you have gone to a church that God loves you. Folks, we kind of misconstrue that to mean that God loves us so much that we can do anything that we want to do and, and it doesn't matter. He'll sneak us in the back door into heaven and all. No, no, it doesn't mean that. But you see, if I was going to increase or help your, your relationship with Jesus Christ, here's what I would ask of you. I would ask that you would fall in love. And I mean that. This is not just a, a drop in a name, and his name is Jesus. If I was to say what I want you to do, what I want you to grow, I would ask you, I want you to fall in love. And I mean that. I want you to fall in love with Jesus. I, I, I want you to come to a point, and, and maybe the only way that you can relate to this is in, is, is in an earthly relationship with a husband or a wife. A, a relationship that, that when you wake up in the morning, what do you want to do? You, you want to see them. You, you want to share with them. You, you want to, you want to eat with them. You want to go somewhere with them. But it's that love. Folks, here's what I want for you. I want this. I want you to fall in love. I want you to fall in love with Jesus. And folks, from that point on, we can move you along through here so that Jesus is seen in your face in all the things that we do in this church. But number one, folks, we need to fall in love. Fall in love with Him. We're going to be working on this. I, I guess I, I, I couldn't find a, an easier way to maybe bring this up to you than to do this on a communion Sunday. I don't think I'd planned this. I really didn't. My sermon actually was going someplace else. But when we're talking about love, we're talking about a God who would send his son, his only son, to come to this earth and to become our sin, to go on a, to be, to be hung on a cross and to shed his blood for the forgiveness of our sin. Folks, this is grace. This is grace. This is God. And so if, if you need something, if you need something to base that love upon, base it on that. Base it upon his, his gift to you of salvation. Base it on, on the love that, that, that we have for him. Base that love 
on a love that goes beyond anything that we could even imagine. Folks, when you fall in love, when you fall in love with someone, when I fell in love with my wife, I wanted to know more about her. I wanted to know what she liked. I wanted to know what she didn't like. I, I wanted to know what what was important to her because I knew she loved me. God created us in his image. He did. And when that love is there, when that love that we need to have, when that's there, you want to know more about him. And, and you want to know what he likes. And you want to know what he doesn't like. And you want to know all that there is to know about him. Folks, this is how we build a spiritual life. This is it. So when we come to the, when we come to the table, and I'm sorry, I'm, I'm getting so good at running over, I'm sorry. But folks, this is worth it. This is worth it. And, and, um, we'll come to the table today. And, uh, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to come to this rail and take communion and to say, Jesus, I love you. I love you. Thank you for listening to the Trinity Now podcast. For more information about Trinity Church, please visit us online at trinitychurchnow.com. We hope today's sermon has touched your heart, and we hope you will join us next week for another message from God's Word.